Hey everybody, welcome to another version of Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly, a podcast that talks with business owners for business owners, sharing the tips and strategies and tactics that we all use to help us grow our businesses more quickly, efficiently, and cost-effectively. If you're tired of sitting around waiting for those darn pigs to get up and fly, you're not going to get very far in your business. You need to listen to what's being said in these podcasts and to actually put them into effect in your own businesses. And I guarantee if you take a listen to these wonderful words from these great business owners, your businesses will grow. So with that, Today, we are welcoming Andrea Pass from Andrea Pass Public Relations. Andrea has launched public relations consultancy, Andrea Pass Public Relations. The 30-plus year PR veteran has an expertise in national, regional, and local media relations outreach for clients in such categories as consumer products, lifestyle, B2B, education, authors, nonprofits, and more. Her strength in relationships coupled with her knowledge of the ever-growing media base results in securing top-tier targeted media placements to increase brand awareness, reputation management, and sales for established businesses and growing entrepreneurs alike. She uses a public relations model to secure coverage clients in media outlets from NBC Today, ABC 2020, MSNBC, Your Business, ABC Good Morning America, Wendy Williams Show, Steve Harvey, Ellen, Hallmark, Homan Family, FNC, Fox and Friends, to the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, and Associated Press, as well as targeted trade and individual market press. Prior to launching her business, she served as Vice President of Media Relations for Marketing Maven. She was also Vice President in a number of New York area public relations firms, where she developed and implemented B2C and B2B campaigns for clients in the categories of As Seen on TV, Parenting, Education, Authors, Food, Kitchenware, Health, Fashion, and Nonprofit, among many others. That's a long bio, my dear, and I haven't even read all of it. Welcome. Thank you so much. Boy, I'm busy. I'm exhausted just listening to that. I tell you, me too, just trying to read it. And I have got to ask you a question right away. Something that I noticed the other day and I'm really upset about, maybe you can answer for me because it's one of the places you did PR work for. And that's MSNBC's Your Business. They're off the air. Yes, you know, and, and, it's, and it's interesting because the broadcast is, uh, was a weekend broadcast. J.J. Uh, Ramberg, fabulous, fabulous uh, journalist who focuses on small business and the growth of small business. The show was a sponsored show uh, mm -hmm. on on MSNBC, and therefore, if the sponsorship had dropped, which I am not aware of exactly what had happened, then therefore the show isn't bringing in the advertising dollars, doesn't have the sponsorship. And I think that one of the things that's interesting about the world of media relations, and you, you've picked something that is just the truth about the way we've absorbed content, 
is that so much of what we are all watching, listening, reading is sponsored content. And back in, in the days, in the good old days of public relations, and I've been around a while, I like to think of myself as super young, but, but I may not be super young, but you know, it was pure editorial content that you were seeing, that you were reading and watching and listening to. And now so much of that content is pay to play sponsored content, even though it is editorial content, it's not fitting under an advertising model. It's fitting under a public relations model, but it is paid content. So you're seeing in the world of public relations and, and MSNBC, your business is one example of how that has changed over the years. So, uh, it, you know, it's, it's public relations has changed tremendously over the years and PR people like myself have to go with the flow and bring these examples to our clients. Well, you know, I, I had, I noticed because I haven't been watching it, but I've taped every single one of them for years and I would get online and I would go to their page and I would post some of the individual segments to my clients. And I went to watch it the other night, and my taping stopped as of the end of December. And I went, what the heck went on? So, of course, I'm Googling it, and I see the only thing that's there anymore is their farewell. And I'm going, I love this show. Why yeah. am I taking it? But that brings to question for me, question to mind for me, is as a consultant or as someone who is trying to reach other people with information, we're all so busy. This was a half an hour show once a week, not a big deal, and you could tape it and watch it at your own leisure, you know. Obviously, as you're saying, the sponsorship went down on it. What can we as business people do in place of something like that? And, and it's, it's definitely an interesting question because of the fact that companies, some have a marketing budget, an advertising marketing PR budget that they know, okay, they're starting 2019, this is the budget they have. Others haven't deeply dove into the area of saying, okay, what monies do I have to put aside for these kind of things? So it's really a question of, and especially, you know, most of my clients are entrepreneurial clients. My clients for Andrea Pass Public Relations are not the clients that are the M&M Mars of the world or the Procter & Gamble's of the world, which is what makes my business thrive by working with entrepreneurial clients. So to have that in your budget and to say, okay, I want to sponsor a TV show or I want to do a pay-to-play segment on, on a TV show, there's no guarantee on the results you're going to get. Uh, that's that's the challenge of public relations. We can't guarantee you're going to be covered. If we do purchase a pay-to-play segment, yes, we can guarantee you'll be on that, but we can't guarantee what will the results be. Will someone go to your website and purchase your product or hire you for your services? So it is that challenge because the world of public relations tends to be an unknown a little bit, and shows, shows like that offer great insight. And certainly, what's important for shows like your business or other shows that might have that sponsorship content or paid content and the clients i had gotten on that show with jj ramberg were edit purely editorial we did not pay to be on that show there was someone sponsoring the show we were editorial content within the show 
But the benefit is that with any interview that you conduct, especially for a generalist topic, a product, a service, an entrepreneurial story, that can be reused over and over again on your social media for your, your company. So whereas you might have had a client on a show that is now defunct, you as the public relations person or consultant, marketing consultant can recommend to your clients, repost Put it up there every nine months, every six months. You can repost it because the content within that show, even though the show doesn't exist, your content for the most part is evergreen. So I work with clients that aren't necessarily targeted to a specific event. So if you were doing something targeted only to Super Bowl, well, you are done until next year. So yeah. you're targeting specifically a conference and your conference is once a year, then you're done till next year. So that's a little different. But if you find a way to create a story, and that's what a good public relations practitioner will work with the client on, then that story becomes evergreen and you are able to use that media placement as part of your marketing and communications outreach year round. Does the fact that a show like this gets canceled does that mean in one way or another that people are no longer interested in hearing the entrepreneurial story, interested in seeing how businesses are growing and the different things they're doing? I don't think the cancellation of any kind of show or the the closing of a, a newspaper or a a magazine or what have you does indicate that people are not interested. I believe that people are getting their content from different sources. So whereas some people, and certainly I'm of the generation that I love a hard copy newspaper, I love a hard copy magazine. Do I also absorb content online? Yes. So I'm crossing over those two audiences and media environments. However, many people today are looking for the content online. So they're finding that same content. So right now we're talking about a show targeting small businesses. There are many podcasts such as yourself and many other video content, blogs, online news outlets that are covering the small business realm. So I think that whereas one door closes, another door opens, especially in the world of media relations and public relations and being able to have your clients get awareness by editorial coverage on those media outlets. So I don't think it means it doesn't interest an audience anymore. It's just that the audience wants to get their content from a different environment or the sponsor didn't have the budget to continue and they didn't find another sponsor or the network, in this case MSNBC, needed to sell that space to somebody else who was going to offer more money for that space. I was just going to so, say, give them more money. <laughs> you know, it's, and it's, it's really, it's the nature of the beast. And I have uh, certain people and certain clients that I will recommend pay to play segments. So for instance, for small businesses and entrepreneurs that are listening to your show, there are opportunities to pay to have your product go down the table. So when you're watching your local Good Day whatever show, Good Day Philadelphia, Good Day LA, Good Day New York, many times the guest lifestyle expert who's going down the table with a series of, of products 
those product companies have paid for that opportunity to be included down the table. Therefore, they have the segment to use over again. They are reaching a targeted audience that would be interested in their product, and they can reuse that segment again and again. So I think that there are opportunities in the public relations model to go ahead and recommend pay-to-play broadcast, pay-to-play online digital content. But I think that for working with a an experienced public relations practitioner that pr expert will recommend to you ways to secure non-paid editorial coverage to be able to increase your brand uh, work on your reputation increase sales whatever it is that your goal is in public relations uh, an experienced person will be able to get that to happen for you your company your service your product and I, that's that's actually a beautiful segue into what I want to talk about um, now. I know that for a lot of the people listening to my podcast, very small businesses, and if they have any concept at all of what PR is, it's, oh, I write a, a press release and I send it out to my local newspaper, so they'll put in an article about my business. That's... Yeah. that's all they understand about what it is. Tell us what a offline, what, what is it that you call it, a traditional public relations company does for the small business? It's, it's a great question, and it's important for small businesses and entrepreneurs to understand that public relations is to secure editorial content for your business, your product, your service, first and foremost, using media outlets to do so. So in traditional, and I consider traditional public relations to be traditional press, including newspapers, daily and weekly, magazines, both trade and consumer, television, radio, podcasts, and online media, and by online media that I consider in the traditional realm being online news outlets, blogs, podcasts, online video content, both shows that air online only, Facebook Live shows, things like Cheddar, Bold, TikTok by Bloomberg, that which is on Twitter. These are growing online video content produced shows that air the same day, the same time. So these are the traditional media outlets. And this is what is going to help you, Mr. or Mrs. Small Business Owner, entrepreneur, get the word out about what you're doing. So the old fashioned days of writing a press kit and making a fancy schmancy, in the old days it was hard copy and you'd mail it out in a fancy folder. Now there are online press kits that with fancy video and fancy photos and what have you. They're all not necessary. If you have a story to tell, it's reaching out to the press and telling that story. That's what really matters. And I think that small businesses and entrepreneurs have to understand how to tell the story and how to get that word out. And that's what a public relations practitioner is going to bring to the table. The entrepreneur, small business owner, you're too close to it. You think that what you have is today's breaking news. Why didn't my publication or media outlet cover this today? It's, it's urgent. It's, it's breaking news. It's not breaking news. 
it is up to people like me to find out an angle to make it interesting, to make it tie in with what's happening in the world today. So I think that it's important to understand that it has to be in your mix, but writing a press release and sending a press release out is not going to get you coverage. It's working with someone that is going to do something old fashioned, which is what I do. I pick up the phone. So I do a lot of press pitching emailing. Okay, there are a lot of people that won't give you a phone number. There's no way you can reach a phone number. They don't want to talk to you. But for the most part, my strongest relationships with the press are the ones I develop because we've gotten on the phone and we've chit-chatted and we find that we have something in common that may not be that particular story that I'm pitching, but it creates a bond and that bond is an ongoing bond. And for small businesses and entrepreneurs, getting that story out there needs massaging, it needs angles, it needs ongoing pitching the right way and not being a nuisance, leaving message after message, sending email after email. So that's what a, a public relations person like myself brings to the table for small businesses. Okay. Sitting here thinking all of these different things that are bouncing through my head and I'm going, you know, oh, wow. Um, the different things that we can do. So say for instance, and I'm one of those people that would write a press release and send it out to all the local newspapers, you know, when it's time for me to do a my yearly conference, because I want people in the area that I'm having the conference in to know about it. So what are the types of topics that makes sense for a small business to want to let people know. You know, sure, if you're in a town like me of, of 13,000 people, a brand new business opening that's going to support everybody in the community is a great topic and probably the newspaper would pick up on it. But if I want to let them know that I'm offering a new mastermind program, that may not be, you know, to, to the community in general, that may not be a big thing. What are some of the topics? And I think that, listen, each business is going to have different topics, but certainly the entrepreneurial angle, and I think there are so many opportunities for entrepreneurs and small businesses out there to want to learn about something such as a mastermind series and how they can attend that. But I think that it's more than event-driven marketing is, is different than day-to-day -day PR. So for example, I have a, a client of mine that was just at the PGA Merchandise Show in Orlando. They had a, an inventor's spotlight area where this group, which is the United Inventors Association, was having uh, booths by inventors who wanted to reach out and secure potentially a company that would want to market their product. But what I did in turn was I secured the press list of the press attendees attending this particular conference. I then reached out to that entire press list offering my client, the United Inventors Association, as a source for interviews prior to the convention, during the convention, and following the convention. Needless to say, my clients who were there for two days were back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back interviews because of the fact that I was constantly reaching out, I was booking the schedule for them, and we did non-stop interviews and non-stop press at the conference, so it was before, at, and following, that gave them great press that they are still able to use now. 
I have clients that are coming up on certain conventions. Again, the same thing. But to reach out to your audience, and your audience may not be your community of 13,000. Your audience could be people from across the country or across the world. So reaching out to target market uh, publications, trade publications, that focus on that particular area, whether that's telling them about your mastermind or arranging for you, the small business owner, to write a bylined article about a specific topic. So at, at the end of the byline article, when you have your bio, you're saying, and so-and-so is holding this conference for more information, visit, and it has your website. So to be able to offer more in the public relations outreach method is is key. I, I'm, and another another example, can I change modes a little bit here? Absolutely. Another example is a client of mine, Peel Away Labs. The fascinating thing about Peel Away Labs is these are disposable bed sheets. They're called Peel Aways. Invented by someone who is now 27 when he was in college at the University of Arizona, his mom and dad said to all three kids, you must create a company before you turn 27. This was a family requirement because they wanted the children to learn and experience. So while Maxwell was in college, he saw his friends hated changing their sheets. Let's be honest, who enjoys changing sheets? It, it is definitely a process that takes two people. There's no way, I don't know how anyone could change a sheet without it being teamwork. And when you were in college, how often did you want to change your sheets? Well, you really should change your sheets and clean them every seven to 10 days. That's cleanliness and germs and what have you. But college kids didn't do that and Maxwell saw this. So he invented this product that had layers of disposable sheets. You put one on your bed, you peel the layer away, after seven to 10 days, and you have another clean sanitary layer underneath. Therefore, you need one package of peel-aways to last you the entire semester. <laughs> I love right? it. Brilliant idea, brilliant idea. He went on Shark Tank and he tanked. They did not like this. Maxwell did not give up. Peel-aways are now available at retail all over the country. He just returned from a convention in Dubai of healthcare providers and is selling this to hospitals and healthcare institutions because it also saves time in changing a sheet. Do you know when a hospital could take 20 minutes of a nurse's time to change a sheet? Jeez. And the amount of money spent on laundering is crazy. So here it is, we have this, this topic and we want to get press coverage of this topic and the way that we're doing that is by reaching out to the media two ways. Product publicity, one way, and the entrepreneurial story of Maxwell and Peelaways is the other way. So I had a feature on Maxwell in a story in a press outlet in New Jersey, where Peelaway Labs is based. The press outlet ran a fabulous feature. I had set up the interview. I provided images. I provided uh, video content. The story comes out. Lo and behold, hospitals and healthcare facilities reached out to him. We read about you. Can we have a meeting? This might be a product that we need in our environment. So that's how public relations and a general story about a business can result in sales. So that's an example of you, listeners of your podcast, how they can have a product, have bloggers reviewing that product, linking back to you. So someone might say, oh, I saw Stour Jewelry on Jen's blah, blah, blog. And I went and ordered a piece from Stour.com because I saw it. We had a discount code. And now 
people are purchasing my product even more. That's what a public relations person like Andrea Pass PR does for a small business. Wow, that's just, that's an impressive, impressive story. And uh, it makes me say, how much is it going to cost to hire you? I need you. <laughs> and, and you know, it, that's a very interesting uh, question because as I, I went into business for myself on June 1st of 2018. So I, I'm, uh, not a youngster, but I am a new entrepreneur and I'm loving the entrepreneurial life. And I think that as an entrepreneur, you have to realize in budgets what's going to work for a client and what budget you're willing to accept from a client. And I think that there's a challenge in that so that you are not kind of lowballing yourself so that you're not making an income. But you also have to be realistic in what a client's budget might be to be able to work with that client. And I've had situations where I have a decent-sized monthly retainer. And for me, for Andrea Pass Public Relations, I work on a monthly retainer basis for a minimum of six months. There are other PR practitioners that will take a two-week project. You can't achieve anything in two weeks. So therefore, they are misrepresenting themselves, in my opinion, to the client because you're not going to have results that fast. It takes time to write the pitch, make sure you have all of the information handy, and then do the outreach to the press, get the results, book the interview, have the interview, interview appears. So that process could easily take a month, two months, three months, depending on the topic and the client. So I think it's very important for small businesses to realize there's a time element involved in effective public relations, and they have to realize what's in their budget to be able to get the word the word out. And it's not the kind of thing that someone can say, oh, okay, I have $400. What can you do for me? Get an intern. I'm, I don't mean to be uh, disrespectful to any small business owners or entrepreneurs that listen to your podcast, but in the real world, you get what you pay for. So if you're looking for quality press coverage, things that you can use to grow your business and your brand, then you're going to want to work with a public relations executive who knows what they're doing, knows how to reach the press, and knows how to get results and instruct you on the best way to then use those results. So in my case, I don't do social media. I make recommendations uh, for what you as the client can do with the placements on your social media. And I have consultants I work with who I can bring to the table and you can hire them for doing your social media. So each situation will be different with the client and what they're looking to achieve to to increase brand awareness using a public relations model. So there's no set way to say, oh, the budget is X or Y. There are some companies that, in fact, I, at my, my husband's company, he was funny, he says, they have a PR agency that they pay $35,000 a month to this agency. I said, okay, I can't quite understand what that agency is doing because I haven't read about your company in the press, but there are other things that that agency might be doing in creating strategies and spending a lot of time on creating documents and presentations and what have you. That's not what I do. I like to jump in the deep end. I start working with my clients when they hire Andrea Pass Public Relations. I dive in the deep end and I start getting awareness immediately of their product, service, business, etc. So 
each company is going to work differently, but I found that after 30 plus years in the public relations industry, for me as an entrepreneur, I like my method. I don't do fancy PowerPoints. I don't do fancy reports. I get the job done effectively. So everybody is different in what they bring to the table, but to me, in public relations and media relations and reaching the press, I don't ever say to my client, oh, I tried because no one wants to hear I tried, they're paying you. I say, this is what I'm working on and this is what I have so far and this, this isn't going to happen. If one more person says to me, oh, get us on the Ellen DeGeneres show. Yes, getting on the Ellen DeGeneres show, you have to be a celebrity. If you'd like to be on the Ellen DeGeneres show any other way, you are going to easily spend close to a million dollars to do a promotional package. So that's important to note on how you're, you're working with that particular media outlet. So each situation is going to be different, but certainly in the olden days, it was Oprah. Now it's Ellen. Oh, get me in the Wall Street Journal. Okay, what do you have that warrants being in the Wall Street Journal? Uh, you know, and we need to work on that particular, that particular angle. So, so it's, uh, it, it all depends on the client and what the client is bringing to the table. Are there a minimum, <laughs> excuse me, minimum number of things that, I, I mean, if I were to, to call you up after this and say, you know, Andrea, I really love everything you said on this podcast, what would be a baseline bottom that you would charge for those six months? And what could you do for me? You know, that I, I, I'm going to be honest. It's obviously, um, it, it's not a question that you can put there out uh, on a podcast because every situation is different in what you do for someone. But I base everything on an estimated number of hours that I'm going to spend on that account. I think one of my problems as an entrepreneur is I always go above and beyond. So if I have a client that I'm supposed to be working 25 hours a month on their account, I'm probably working twice that because I'm one of those people that chooses to start working at 7.30 in the morning, my choice. Uh, until seven at night, again, my choice. But, but every account is different and every budget is different. So anyone who gives you a cookie cutter budget when they're speaking to you, they're not thinking enough about what your business is and they're not taking enough time to, to learn about you and see what's been said or written about you in the past to put together that program. So for me, anytime that I am, speaking with a potential new client, I'm doing my homework. Then I'm sitting with that client face-to-face -face or via telephone and learning what their needs are because I don't just rattle off a number because there has to be specific needs that that client has. And understanding if you're trying to reach a trade publication, for example, those are monthly publications. They're going to be booked through six months out. So therefore, if we want to get you in that publication, we know realistically the soonest in a perfect world that that publication might take a bylined article or what have you. Could be six months from the time you first talked. So anyone thinks that it's snap your fingers, it's going to happen tomorrow with a glossy magazine, it won't. Looking at TV segments, if you have local news, those TV stations, they book up. Once in a blue moon, someone might drop out, but we just, uh, an example, we just did a, a segment on Stour Jewelry and Gemstones uh, at a TV station in Richmond, Virginia, which is where the company is based. I had been working on that for six weeks 
before we finally got a date. My uh, other client, 4Ocean, which is an ocean cleanup company based in Florida. Amazing story of, of two surfer dudes who were surfing in Bali. There was so much plastic and garbage in the oceans in Bali that they couldn't surf. And they saw fishermen weren't fishing, so they couldn't make a livelihood. Therefore, they hired fishermen to pull plastics from the ocean and turn this into a business. We will be on the Hallmark Home and Family Show Yay. in the coming uh, about a month, but I was working on that for probably three months to secure that media interest. So especially when your small business or your entrepreneurial business has an evergreen story, it's not going to happen as fast. If you're doing some big event in your town that's happening on a certain day, we certainly reach out to the local media to let them know enough in advance about your event so that they will cover your event prior to and day of and following. But each situation is going to be different. So there's no way you can say, okay, Andrea passed public relations, what's your standard fee? There's, there's no standard fee because every account is different. Perfect. That's exactly the answer I was looking for. So, um, <laughs> you you were talking about doing homework, and and I think that one of the things that when you're talking to individuals with small businesses, part of what you have to do is you have to train them to understand that this isn't necessarily going to happen tomorrow. And and. You make a very valid point. However, there are many people in business who are not open, honest, full disclosure, setting expectations. And I think that one of the things that I'm proud of throughout my career is the relationships I've built because of the fact of my honesty and setting expectations. And I think that anyone who speaks to, whether it's a PR person or any, anyone in business and misrepresents themselves is doing a total disservice to their future because people remember. So when I'm trying to get a client on the Ellen DeGeneres show, I know how difficult it is. I have been in touch with a, an executive producer there who likes the topic, but he doesn't know how he would work it in. At this point, I can't take the topic to anyone else there because that would be stepping on his toes and ruining my relationship with him but I've been perfectly open and honest with my client on what I'm doing and when I will reach out again and how we handle this. But I think that being open and honest about the benefits of public relations to a client is what's going to help a consultant in the long run. So anyone who's saying, I'll pay you and I want to be on the front page of the New York Times, well, take out an ad. It's, it's not happening if you don't have a story that's news breaking because the front page of the New York Times is hard news. Also, it's important for clients when you're doing an event to check the timing. So if you're doing an event and you know there's something big happening in the world, like for instance, the State of the Union address was not supposed to be on February 5th. It was supposed to be the week prior. So if you were planning your event for February 5th and you had the ability to shift it, I would have recommended that you shift it because obviously the news cycle following the State of the Union address was focused on comments made during the State of the Union address. So in general, it's important, Super Bowl, 
you don't want to get in the way of everything Super Bowl oriented unless you had a story pertaining to Super Bowl advertising, the halftime show, uh, the game, etc. So I think that looking at the calendar is important. I'm already working on Earth Day. It's an important day for four ocean and cleaning our oceans, but it doesn't mean that the world comes and goes and ends only because of Earth Day. Our story is evergreen. So I think that you as a small business owner need to understand what is newsworthy about what you're doing and how can you make that story larger because there are so many media outlets to reach. So you may not know one today and you learn it tomorrow. And, and that's a perfect segue into my next question for you is something you learned 30 years ago. Yeah, you've been in you've been on PR for thirty some years. Does what you learned thirty years ago still have pertinence today? The answer to that question is yes, because what I learned thirty years ago, which of course was back in the days before we had the internet and texting and cell phones, but what I learned was the importance of relationships, and I, that still holds true today. Creating a relationship, following up effectively. Back in those days, we would mail press releases. I worked for the CBS radio division in, in New York City. We would write a press release, and then it would have to be printed by the printing department, so that could take a few days. Then it had to be stuffed and folded and put into the envelopes by a different department. It could take a week or two weeks before the press release even got mailed. And then I was on the phone following up by telephone. And if they asked for it to be resent via fax, I'd have to take the fax to the fax room. And that could take another day or two before they would get around to faxing it. So you look back in the olden days of how we communicated, but we learned how to talk. We learned how to write. We learned how to follow up. So those elements still hold true today. Create a relationship. Make sure you know how to write effectively make sure you know how to follow up. So things I learned when I was a baby PR person are, are true today. And I think that um, if I could jump off that point onto something else is that when I founded Andrea Pass Public Relations, my first client was someone who I had previously worked with. And a lot of my clients, I would say a good 85% of my clients are people who knew me and had a relationship with me and went from one job to another and referred me or had the same company, had stopped doing PR, found me on LinkedIn, and I started working with them again. So I think that relationships and building relationships is helpful in business because you just never know what tomorrow is going to bring. And I think that's one of the exciting things is that you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring, but have a smile on your face, work hard at what you do, understand your strengths and your weaknesses and bring those to business. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. But I think there's another side to that question that I was asking is, is it only important to take the things that you learned 30 years ago to apply today? Or do you oh, need to continue? No, 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 no. You have to grow with the times. And I think that that in, in business, so for instance, I start my day 
every day I start my day at the gym <laughs> after I work out, get the heart pump in, you know, you know, shower, get dressed. I mean, I'm in a home office and I get dressed every single day in business attire. The, the hair and makeup are on, the jewelry's on. I'm not in slippers. I'm in real shoes and I am ready for the day because that puts me in that state of mind. But then what keeps me going today is reading, watching, listening. So every day I'm learning about new media outlets. I'm listening to a different podcast I'd listened to before. I'm checking out what new TV show might be launching or what folded. So I'm constantly reading. I'm reading newsletters in the public relations field, but I'm reading news as well. So I might read my newspaper hard copy while I'm having my cup of coffee, but after that, I'm online searching. And the world is at your fingertips. So educate yourself, learn something new every day, because that's what's going to help you in your personal life and in business. So I've certainly found that I'm learning every single day. I use skills that I learned back when I first started in public relations. And as an entrepreneur with Andrea Pass Public Relations, I'm growing and learning and educating myself every day. And then I bring that to my clients. That's perfect. And that any client that hears you say something like that says, that's the person I want to work with because I know she knows all the newest and bestest and, you know, all these things and can hopefully get me where I want to be. So I think that's a, that was a perfect answer. Thank you so much, Andrea. And with that, guys, we are coming to the end of our time. Is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you would like to bring to my listeners? I, I'd like to thank you, first and foremost, for having me as your guest. It's been a delight and certainly wonderful to get to know you. And I know you and I will be in touch long after this podcast, which is wonderful. And I think that I say to your listeners, have public relations in your marketing mix. Media relations and outreach to the press is an important element to increase your product, brand, name, service. So make sure that that element is in your plans as you grow your business. And if you would like to speak to me, you can certainly visit my website, andreapasspr.com. Check me out on Facebook. My Facebook page is Andrea Pass Public Relations. Send me a private message uh, and, and reach out. I'm on LinkedIn, Andrea Pass. So reach out to me because I have tips for you. I have directions for you but make sure you're networking. Make sure you're joining networking groups. Make sure you are reading and educating yourself every day and have your wish list. I always say to clients when I first start out with them, if you could be in any press, any media, give me your top 10. And they're stalling. And I said, but don't tell me Wall Street Journal and Ellen DeGeneres. Realistically, what are your top 10? And I've gotten very interesting feedback from those clients many of which want to be in trade publications to reach their target audiences. Mm -hmm. So my, my last words to your audience, think. Think about what's going to help you grow your business, use a public relations model, and use an expert in the area of public relations. So if it's Andrea Pass Public Relations, hey, that's great. I'd love to work with you. If it's another PR firm, fabulous, but, but have PR in your marketing mix. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Andrea. You know, guys, if you have any questions, she gave you all the different ways of getting in touch with her. You can also ask your questions right here on the podcast. Put your questions in down at the bottom. And like and subscribe to Don't Wait Till Pigs Fly. This was a wonderful interview today. I certainly got a whole lot of information that I'm going to have to sit and turn around in my brain to see how I can <laughs> get it to work for me and for my business. And I highly advise you guys to think about it too. Every week we air on Thursdays at 5 p.m. on Spreaker. And we have wonderful speakers every single week with lots of great content and ideas for you. If you'd like to hear somebody specific or if you have a topic that you would like to hear more about, let me know. Send me an email to nancy at don'twaittillpigsfly.com. And until next time, we will say soar higher, don't sit and wait for those darn pigs to fly, and have a great week. Thank y'all. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.